The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show. All right, we're here with Steve Saka. We just did uh, our weekly The Cigar Authority podcast that aired on Saturday, and this is the show after the show. And uh, so we got a few different choices here. We got some mailbags that want us to talk about what we've been talking about the well, past couple of weeks. You, I know you're, you have a pretty strong stance on the fact that you're done talking about this, but the consumer and the listener of the show has thoughts and I, ideas, I, well, and they'd like the conversation so to continue. So that's, that's one, one choice of, of talking about the trade show and what we thought about. The other possibility is we are smoking a cigar that's not in the market yet. Woo! This is full-bodied, and this is uh, Steve's cigar that's coming out in August, the end of August? Um, it's currently set to import or leave Nicaragua on August 23rd. Oh, so September. But... That's depending on me giving the final approval, so I won't make that decision until the second week of August, and then it depends on the alphabet soup people, the CPB, TTB. So at the the best, sometime in September and maybe even longer than that. Yeah, I think, look, if everything goes according to plan, probably starting sometime in week one of September, we'll start shipping, and it'll probably take us 30, 45 days to get all the initial orders out the door. This, we're talking about the meat corita. Tricky tracker. Tricky tracker. Tricky. Just like tricky. Yeah, tracker. <laughs> okay. Tricky tracker. Just give it up. What difference does it make? You can't pronounce half of the crap you Well, saying. that's it for the listener. He'll get an idea of it and figure out. It's the one it, with the red band on it. Okay. It's, it's Mikaita Red. Yeah, yeah. So it is what the firecracker was that blend, but into regular sizes. Right. I took the firecracker because the firecracker, when I made the original firecracker for you, I modified the Mikay Rita blend. I had an alternative Mikay Rita blend that was stronger. Um, and I ended up utilizing that blend for the firecracker because, well, I don't know. I, I think that the name of the product should match the product. So if you call something firecracker, it should be more potent. Yeah. Just you know, should have more pop, more zip. More and if zen. you call it Tricky Traka. Tricky Traka is me ponying on top of your firecracker name, which you own. Tricky Traka is slang for these firecrackers that they set off at celebrations in Nicaragua where they take these, um, they're like quarter sticks of dynamite and they tie them end to end and they lay them in the middle of the street and then they basically light one end and it just goes boom, uh, boom, Into a boom. track. Uh, right, on a track down yeah. the street. So sometimes it'll be a block long, sometimes it'll be four blocks long. Uh. And, that, and that's what Tricky Traka is. It's a very Nicaraguan slangy uh. 
you know, kind of thing. I mean, I don't even think that Hondurans call it that. Costa Ricans call it that. It's a very localized name. And price-wise, how are these going to be? Um, too much as far as you're concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's you, true. You complain about everything. All right. And not you, but it's just yeah, me. Yeah, it's an awful lot of the pod calling the kettle black there. So we talking... Are There's they- a man that distributes, what, Atabays and Byrons, though? I mean, <laughs> honestly, talk about glass houses, for God's sakes. The two of you both live in right. glass houses, and neither of you should be throwing yeah, stones. He wants, but I'm not the one throwing stones saying that things are too more too expensive. He's the one saying. No, hey, you say they're sold too cheap. Oh, I just asked you how much so, they were, and sold, now we get a battle. No, you we're, did tell them. We're continuing the conversation that occurred in the podcast. Yes. So, you, look, if they, you don't want to hear me talk, then don't invite me on the damn show. <laughs> I, mean, I, I heard <laughs> you invited yourself. <laughs> no. yeah, but I heard he, that's how that played out. He was giving you grief for a $12.50 Connecticut But he has shade. no compunction or reserve at all about selling a $28 cigar. No, that's perfectly fine. The question is, how much are these? <laughs> with, with smoking, is this the Robusto? Uh, that's the Robusto, yes. And it's about 12 bucks? Eh, roughly. I don't know. Okay. 12, 12, I don't know. 45. The, the, the questions are going to get tougher. <laughs> are they? <laughs> I would imagine they're going to get tougher. I don't know. Because that was five minutes on how much are they. So <laughs> Without an answer, I don't know. But I, I How long know. is this after show? 20 minutes. Oh, good God. We're yeah. going to get started. So let me ask you: Do, do you do you want to go through these mailbags where people are talking about the trade show and Dude, they're going to bring consumers? It's your, it's your trade. Show. It's your show. You can do whatever the hell you want. Well, I want to go where you want to go. Which direction do you no, want to go? I don't it's a short care. thing you hear. I, I got an opinion about everything. So you want to talk about that? You want right. to talk about whatever? All right. Go ahead. Paul writes through the contact us page. Dave, apologies for the question, but I felt it needed to be talked about. You recently said you were not going to this year's PCA event. You also mentioned a few times that you and your $1 million checkbook will not be there. Are you not then forcing your issue by proxy to the manufacturers who then will have the potential of decrease in sales at next year's event, forcing then the manufacturers to air their grievances with the PCA board? Because why should they attend if they're not going to make as much money? Or is the point moot because they will still offer you, Dave Garofalo, the same deals they would afforded you had you attended. On a side note, I do agree with you. Consumers should not be at a trade show. They're going to be moot, but the more I bring this up, the more the trade show is going to push them not to offer the deals to the people who don't show up. But the fact of the matter is there's a whole bunch of people that don't show up, and they get the deal anyway. And for the first time, I'm not going to show up, and there's a pushback to it because I verbally said I'm not going to go instead of just not going. If I could go back in time, I may of just not went. There's an, there's there's other major players that tout the fact that they don't go on a regular basis. Whatever. I don't, th- don't want to hurt the uh, the trade show organization at all. I'm still a member. I'm still going to pay to my uh, membership. Don't, 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 don't say that. That's not true. That I'm not a member? No, you are a member, but there's no doubt that the position you took is to be combative and to try to use your opinion to help sway. So whether you're trying to hurt them or not hurt them, but to make it like, oh, I'm this innocent little girl in the field. I am taking just, that. Listen, I mean, I, just I, don't, I don't be, be what it is. No. Say, hey, I hate it. It sucks. I think it sucks. And this is what I'm going to do to try to prevent it from happening. Not just to, own I'm, it. No, I'm not going to own that because I'm Why? not trying That's to prevent you're doing. it. It is going to happen. And I'm too little to, to make a change. And I'm oh, not gonna, but you're too little, I, but I'm going to talk about my million dollars. That's not little. That's what I spend. Okay, but I mean, just be 
be just completely upfront with it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the. It's the only thing this this man is talking about. That I'm. That's one of the points. The other point was and the cigar authority. I know the it, million dollars doesn't matter because you're going to buy the million dollars regardless because you have to question. have cigars to that's sell. Right. That's his question. And so you're still going to buy those cigars are going to get sold. They're just not going to get sold at the trade show. But how many orders do you write prior to the trade show and after the trade show already? Even though you attend the trade show, so I don't. That I don't think that that's going to have any impact on the actual sales. Now, where it has an impact is I, on the manufacturer end of it, say, wow, I spent X tens of thousands, almost $100,000 to do the trade show, and the number of orders that I write for the $100,000 I expend, I have to say, is it on a per capita basis worth me doing the trade show or doing the trade show in the same way? And that's an issue that we've been struggling with pretty much for like the last decade. It's just this year, it was particularly bad, but it was particularly bad for a few reasons. A, the trade show has been trending down in attendance to begin with. B, they the said schedule, they the said schedule was, was just totally bonehead. Terrible. Now, I understand maybe that was the only slot they could get to get us back at the Sands, but there's just no way the weekend before the 4th of July is a good time. This whole concept of let's do the trade show Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is just stupid because so many retailers will fly in on a Friday to depart early Monday morning. So they've already kind of cut the attendance down, whereas before when it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday kind of scenario – you know, most retailers end up staying the whole duration. There's a lot of reasons why the trade show traffic is going down. But, and the calculation on our end, obviously, is going to be, is it profitable to continue doing the show? But is it actually going to affect the sales, whether you attend or don't attend? Of course not. No, it's not going to affect the sales. Because the sales are going to occur regardless because cigar stores need cigars. Yep. No, so, we buy cigars, but a trade show isn't necessary times have changed and it's not necessary for a long time it hasn't been necessary but i will still join the organization which yeah, they but use. you know as well as i do dave if you're looking at the trade show from a perspective of oh do i need to go to get the deals it's never been necessary all the well big i accounts, asked you that question all the big accounts 20 years ago still wrote their orders yeah. regardless and in the end i'm in the business of selling cigars to retailers so am I going to turn away an order because they decide not to go to the trade show? No. But I the asked you in the last are, show the you if your trade show deal is different. Whether Right. And you and look, and the trade show's deal, look, had the trade show been a total disaster for me, maybe the deal would have been better when I got back from the trade show. I mean, I saw that happen last year where a company cut their prices in half, you know, the Monday after the trade show on one of their premier products, because obviously it didn't do that well at the trade show. Um, but I mean, in the long run, I, I, the prob the problem with the trade show is just lowering attendance. And the thing is, you can't just put everything on a PNL. You do these things for other reasons. You get a lot out of the trade show. If you're a small retailer, a new retailer, an up and coming retailer, that interaction of talking to directly with manufacturers and the interaction of even more importantly, talking to other retailers adds value to your business. Because if you're going to do everything just based on, oh, does it make me money? Well, then guess what? I'll never do a cigar event ever again in the country. I lose money at every cigar event I do. If I do a cigar event and we sell 100 boxes, I lose more money than if I go to a cigar event and we sell 
30 boxes. It's just the way it works. But I don't go and do cigar events because I'm saying, oh, I'm going to make a million dollars doing cigar events. I do them to support the retailer, to interact with his staff for the day, to meet his or her best customers and interact with them. You have to, you can't just put things in a very simple, oh, well, it cost me 4000 a year to go to the show and I save only $3,200 in discounts. So therefore it's not good. If you're looking at the trade show in that way, then you're really not getting the value of the trade show. You get the value of the trade show by interacting with your competitors and your peers and trying to glean some additional information. Now, granted, they're not like you. They haven't been around for 35 or 40 years or whatever, whenever you came out of the crypt. You know what I mean? So they haven't had, you know, four decades of experience. But there's a lot of retailers out there that have a shop that's still, you know, 10, 15 years in. And there's still a lot to be learned by interacting with other retailers. I agree, and that's why I always showed up at the show until they said, now we're going to include 4,500 consumers in it, and I'm not going to get my work done. So I probably can get more work done via the phone than I could trying to go to that trade show and trying trying to make the best have You could have made that decision two years ago, and it still would have been true. No, because there's no consumers there. I, I spend that whole but three and a half know. days. You spend most of the day in your own booth, though. You're not like, Never. Not like, not like Ed, who's out, you know, doing no, the he's buying. No, he's out with I'm Ed. I'm out buying. with every single booth. I was at your booth. I you was at everybody's booth. booth. Yep. I didn't see you. Yeah. You are getting skinny. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I, I was stealth. You couldn't even see me. <laughs> I blend. I blend. Mm-hmm. But, no, you know, I went to every single booth, and I went each night to the cigar bar and conducted business there, and I had a meeting every single morning at breakfast, Right, and I, I use every single inch in that last half day. I worked that last half day in running around and buying from people I never bought before. And I hear you, and look, even for our company, look, as, as we become more popular as a company, the buying patterns of our retailers have shifted, you know, whereas day three used to be our best day at the trade show. Now day one because and day two are by far our best day. Don't you feel bad for the guy that day four is going to be his best day? You got to listen. But I can make that argument in general. The whole way the trade show's done is wrong. The the big booths get all the best prime locations. It makes no sense. You would think you would take those big booths and you would do it in a mall kind of setting where they end up at the four corners. You think you would take all the small new guys and put them in one location so it would make it easier on the retailer to say, okay, these two rows, if I'm looking for new products, you know, on day three, day four, these are the two rows I've got to hit. They could do that. There's so many things they could do to make the show better. They've chosen a different avenue. Honestly, in the end, I, I'm kind of a. I'm at the whims of it. I'm. I'm not on the board. I'm. You should. I'm be. an associate member. Nobody asks me my opinion. All they ask for me is for my check. That's because you and give I it get, to them. And I have to make the decision of whether it's worth it or not worth it to me. Honestly. I already see a future where I scale back my booth. I maybe just end up not even writing any orders at the trade show. I just treat it as a, you know, a, an exercise to meet and greet and say hi to retailers and, and just do together. all the business. You know, you going to go to TP? You know, I may go just as a attendee. The thing with TPE for me, until I know different. Look, I've been to a lot of TPEs as Drew State and wow. before Drew State, so. Obviously, the show has changed, but part of the problem is I don't engage in the double distribution tax deal in California. Yeah. So that means that a lot of the retailers that go to TPE are West Coast retailers. 
and they're not particularly a good market for me. It's because I don't engage in the double dip on the tax. The other thing with that show is many of the retailers that do come to the show are very DTO focused where they sell CBD and they sell mass market and roll your own. And they're not really looking for my caliber and quality of cigars for the most part. You know what I mean? They're looking mm. for stuff that's in that four to six dollar range, and that's what just I think not they're mine. trying to do is tr- trying to get everybody at this point, even the premium guys. And if there was ever a time that I think they're going to shine, it's going to be next next year. That uh, some people that you wouldn't fathom that would be going to that, I think will be, be going. But to here's see what the difference: about. you go to that trade show and you get one ten by ten or one ten by twenty. You don't build a booth. You have some pop up display. Yep. You have some tablecloths with your logo on it. It's a much more economical show to do. You know, IPCPR, even as a little company like me, I don't know what the total hit is yet, but there's no way I'm out less than 85K cash to do the yeah. trade show. We were 100,000. Okay. It's just, there's just no physical way to do it. So you maybe you can go do two P, TPE for 18,000, 20,000. Mm. Don't need to have, you know, eight people. Can do it with two people. Can do it maybe with three people. Don't need to have a fancy booth. No real drage. Yeah. You know, some pop-up displays. So well, you could do it much more economically. IPCPI would tell you the same thing. You don't have to have that elaborate booth, and you don't have to have that kind of space and all that, and you could do it. You, you've, oddly, increased, you've increased the size enough, of your booth. because of introducing CigarCon next year, <laughs> it's actually going to force me to spend more money on the yeah. booth because as you want to look, my booth isn't a dumpy booth, but it's a very functional, simple booth. It's very comfortable. It's practical. It works. But it certainly isn't something that I say, oh, this is a good branding of what the company is. Now, my attitude about that is we don't sell to – we're not actively selling to retailers. We kind of wait until they come to us and want to bring the brand in. So we're not looking at the booth as a mechanism of, oh, well, here's the light on the firefly to attract yeah. people. You know, the people that come to buy our cigars, they're making a conscious decision to yeah. buy the cigars. Yep. Now, in an environment where I have to think about the consumer perception of what my booth is, well, that kind of forces me to make it as nice as some other booths, as nice as Roma or as nice as, you know, Foundations or whatever. You know, so I'm actually in a weird position now of probably having to put some lipstick on the pig, yeah. which is going to cost me more money. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. You got but in the end, I got question? no control over it. You got another quick question in there so you can yeah. peel off a second one? Uh, Mitchell writes, um, great show. I agree with your stance on the PCA 2020, Dave. I've been going to the Big Smoke for a few years now, and it's great, but consumers don't belong at the trade show. That is a place of business, or at least it should be. I respect your stance, and for standing up for your beliefs, I will continue to be a loyal Two Guys customer. Sign Mitch. All right. And the thing is, it's a place of business if the retailers come. But if they take your position, Dave, then you're actually giving them more reason to make it a consumer day. It's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not helping to look, the trade show is broken. We all acknowledge that the trade Absolutely. show is broken. And do the I idea think, is do they, I think that this is a solution? I personally don't think this is a solution. Correct. That's that's I my ultimately point. think it's gonna probably be a bit of a train wreck. But guess what? I'm on the <clears> damn train. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm willing to suspend my opinion and see what happens and then i will make a decision after i actually see what occurs and and is this pushback on mine a constructive criticism that maybe they're going to see 
my complaints and fix them before they happen. And the show ends up being much better than it would had I shut my mouth and not said anything that I was No, no, no. To- Look, the criticism is, is right. I understand where it's coming from. Because that's what it's what meant I, for. What I, don't, what I don't understand is the, I'm taking my ball and going home. No, what you said last, last week on the show that Barry and I weren't on was that you hope that you're wrong. Of but course. You hope you're wrong. And but I, don't, and you ha- don't you have to physically come and see to see if you were wrong? Yeah, you can tell me whatever ends up happening. What if I lie to you? Well, I know a lot of people who lie. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's good. I hope it's better. And I hope w- the, the move I made made them look at some of the things they didn't look at. The shame is that they didn't ask before. They didn't ask right. during. But you know what's funny about that? I think you made this comment, or maybe Abe, because I listened to you on Kiss My Ash yeah. uh, last week. Getting everyone to agree on what to do is impossible. Yeah. There's no way you can have everybody involved. We both sat on the board and we saw can't, that. We can't, you can't get that done. So it does take someone to do something. And for whatever reason, they've gotten certain of the manufacturers big on board with this concept. They're the ones that came up with it. Um, you know, and I'm, look. Is it good for some of them? Yes, it is. It is. We're it, a retail organization. It's I got to tell you, I don't think it's necessarily particularly good for me because even oh, as hot or buzzy as I may be, the truth is, if you put 4,500 consumers, 4,000 of them are going to want to stand in line to see Rocky Patel, and they're going to want to see old Ma- or George Padron. Right. I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm the fat chick against the wall at a dance is yeah. where I'm at. You know what I mean? Now, Maybe yeah, the lines will yeah, be big. you might get to go home with someone at the end of the night, well, though. But I mean, look, I'm going to have my hardcore guys that are going to come and visit, but ultimately, no, those guys are going to get a bigger bang for their buck. I think the more important thing to me is it's all about the details. I don't think that they've really, I don't think the whole concept of saying, hey, we're going to do something for 4,500 people in year one, that's a mighty big bite to chew on. (laughs) If they said, hey, let's do something for 1,000 people, let's try something, you know, a a consumer event the day before (coughs) for less, Uh, the trade show floor is not very consumer friendly, it's all too spread out. It's gonna be it's gonna be rather difficult the logistics of it. Six hours to hit that trade show floor. I can't do it in three and a half days. Yeah, I know. Six and, hours. And, 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 and that's the point. It's it, there's definitely some rough edges on this. There's no yeah. doubt about that, it. And that's the point of it. I don't I don't want to be a troublemaker at all. I want them to hear what I get to say because I don't sit in the board and they di- and they didn't listen to what I had to say. So I said it in a different way, which is as signing up on the on the for the booth on the last day of the trade show at the last hour is I'm not signing up because you're looking for fifty percent of my money up front. I know, and I I'm out. I, I had to pay, and I had to make a decision at that point. The decision is I'm out. Well, you don't have to pay the thing. I've de- made my decision. I'm out. Right. And I have made my decision, and it's not, oh, what if we now, do look, this and this? You're is- not going to go back on it because no. you're just stubborn as hell, right? You no, know, you know. So it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, good God. You still, there's still brands you don't carry because some guy did one little thing. So <laughs> Little. Yes. No, one big thing. One, you know. <laughs> one big thing. And w- yes. what, what one guy? We're talking like nine people here probably, right? Uh, okay. So, 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 I mean, you, <laughs> I mean you, you, you got stubborn down to a science. So yeah. even if they ended up saying, Dave, if you come, we'll give you a million dollars, you'd be like, you know what? I'm not doing it, damn it. That's correct. You know what I mean? It's so, <laughs> not so, worth it. So so I don't, he's I, known me for a long time. So, so as far as I'm concerned... You, you, having a conversation with you, you, you're dead at this point on this issue. For this year. Yeah. Now do the right thing and 
maybe me I, and whoever I, else decides they're I not think, gonna go comes I think back. that even if you decide not to exhibit and you decide not to buy the show, I think you should still come. No. See it for yourself. No. Why? Because I, I don't want to see it, and I don't want to be. You just don't want to go back I, on what you no, said. No, because I'm going to be the, the. I don't want the spotlight to be on me. I want the spotlight to be on you and everything good that happens oh, there. Mr. Negative guy ends up walking in the thing. You and don't say, want the spotlight to be on you. You no. wouldn't have been on Kiss My Ass. You wouldn't. He uh, asked, and I said yes. Wouldn't. I didn't ask to be on it. He asked me, and I said absolutely. Of course, I, I said will. no. Yeah. He doesn't say no. Yeah. He says no to this. He wasn't what? asked. <laughs> when he's asked, he says yes. Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm not my the buyer anymore. Look, because I, I say yes. I I ultimately don't think this is a solution. I think this is an entirely different thing. I think it is wise to for the IPCPR slash PCA to do something consumer oriented. I think it would help raise money, but I don't know that it has to be tied in with the trade show. It's a nonprofit organization. Their job is not to raise money. Get a different organization. Yeah, but the point money. is, it's nonprofit with the intent of the profit being utilized for things to support the cigar yeah. industry. So maybe, most of which lately has been lobbying and legislative efforts. Yeah. So there's a couple ways to end up having more money in your organization and one is to cut fat and the other one is to raise more money and spend more money non-productively and they have not had a great success of the stuff they did and let, let's get more money because that will still solve the problem yeah i don't think so but I'll that's be, me i'll be very surprised if this turns out to be profitable in the first year to three years. no so how much more money are they going to lose and then after three years they say this was a dumb idea it was a dumb idea year one but again the, i think things are changing within it and it's going to evolve into something better and it'll come off better than it was projected to everybody else because everybody had a shock look in their face and there was no speech after there was no questions and answers after the announcement everybody ran the one thing we can all pretty much universally agree on is they did an absolutely crappy job with communication it was just disastrous the whole way it was handled was just really really amateur hour um and i think that you know part of it is it kind of left their own control part of it but they weren't ready when that lot when they lost control of the message to respond and that's also part of where we are right now is we have this thing coming. We've been told it's going to be big. We've been told it's going to be expensive, but we don't know how big. We don't know how expensive. We don't know the logistics. Yeah. And it's all of those unknowns that just make all of us like uneasy. Yeah. It's very easy to be critical of something when the details aren't even there at all yet. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's an influx situation. I know as what? a company, I'm willing to give it a try. I'm willing to see what happens. And then at the end of that experience, I will then make a decision of what we'll do in 2021. Yeah. Well, good option. Not my option, but again. Yeah, because mine's reasonable. Well, I hope yours is the right. <laughs> right. And at the end of it, you, you, you're going to be able to criticize at the end of it to say what went right and what went wrong. And I can't criticize it because oh, but I'm you not going to say. How can I? I didn't see you it. You just said you're going to milk people like me for. I'm going to ask opinion. for the deal, right? And I'm going to ask you what you thought. No, of course, it. I can't. Two guys gets no deals. How about that? That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. No, do whatever that whatever people do. I mean, there's been a couple out there that don't extend their deal except for the trade show. So I get it. Let's take Pete Johnson for instance. The deal at the trade show is the deal at the trade show. It's not one day before or one day after. It's only there, only time. The same thing when it comes to. Um, the TAA, that you must have placed that order there, and it doesn't matter who you are, 
It's not. And I've been on the receiving end of missing something and it wasn't there. And he held back and he said, no, that's the deal. And I appreciate that, that they end up doing that. You want to not let me in on the deal? I'm okay with that. It would probably save the trade show if everybody yeah, but did see, it. It would again, save it. You think that's the case, but the reality of the situation is the way the trade show is currently structured by being once a year, what ends up happening is the 30 days prior to the trade show, we on the manufacturing end sell very, very few cigars. We end up being really cash-starved the entire 30 days before. And it's based on being cash-starved with the promise that, oh, you're going to come to the trade show, you're going to offer great deals, and you're going to do as much business in those three and a half days to make up for the fact that we held you from selling anything for 30 days prior. Because that is what ultimately ends up happening. Absolutely. And it's akin to me saying to you as a retailer, guess what, Dave? I want you to close your store the entire month of June because guess what? The three and a half days that you open up in July, man, that's going to be some amazing business. Well, Would any of you retailers ever agree to that scenario? We call it January, February, and March here in New England. That there's no but business. But we have, we have the same January, February, March problem. This is a problem that's introduced by how the trade show is operated. So, again, this concept of the deals are what's going to propel the trade show is a nonsensical approach. If that's the reason why you think the trade show is going to be successful, that's long out of the bag. Those days are long gone. And the idea that, oh, I'm going to go to the trade show and I'm going to see what's new, well, guess what? That horse yeah. is out of the barn too right. because the world has become so much flatter with social media and digital publishing and the number of blogs and the Barry – the Barry, how do you pronounce your new last name? Beliveau. 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 It's not his you know, last name yet. Yeah. So, But I mean, it's, I mean, all that information is – no, it's not like you go to the trade show. It's so rare you go to the trade show and go, Wow, did you see that amazing thing from La Florida Minicana? No, you knew what was coming from La Florida Minicana 30 days before the trade show. So there has to be other components that need to be emphasized. Education, to give the something value to help to, my business. Right. There needs to be more education. More time with the There needs to be more activities. There yeah. needs to be more of that kind of stuff to buoy the trade show. Listen, it, it, you're a broken racket to me because me and Abe – as we sat in that board, would come up with all kinds of ideas. He's a creative guy, too. And uh, we had Jeff at Corona in the board before and talking to him and saying, here's the way. It was beautiful that these people, but we couldn't get the votes because the other people said, no, that's not what we want to do, and we don't get the votes, and that's all there is to it. But for some reason, they got the votes to say, let's open this up to 4,500 consumers. That's a good idea. And they actually got the votes to it, which is... Again, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for wow. the conversation. I find it to be not the path that I would go down. But in the end, I'm, I have no control. I really... No, all I, all you, I, the but, only control I have is the same control as you. And the only I get to decide correct. whether I attend Absolutely. or I don't attend. That's the only control that I actually ultimately have. So, so my and, decision and was to take a stand like a man, stand up and say, this is what I'm going to do, and this is my decision. And what That's I'm going to say to you is, I will continue doing the trade show as long as it makes economic and business sense to do the trade show. For me, luckily, it's still good. But we're probably one of the anomalies. The way the trade show is currently structured, the big guys don't do well because their overall costs are increasing right. and their number of sales that they can generate are going down. The really little guys are getting totally punished because there's no foot traffic. So they're just hoping to get one out of 50 people to come in their booth and stare at, at what they it. have, see what and they not have. not even buy it. Not even buy it, but just something. So the only companies that seem to be like still prospering in the current trade show environment 
are the companies that are like Roma and Foundation and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust and these up and coming kind of companies that they're still new customers to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of buzz. And you're one there. of them. And if I were as a friend to say to you, should you go or should you not go? The answer is you should go. I think there's going to be a benefit consumer wise to you. Consumer and you have plenty of room to grow. Right. Plus the other thing too is I don't even treat the, for me personally, I don't even treat the trails, the trade show as a sales event. I do 20, I did this year 22 different media appointments and engagements. For me, I look at that as being my greatest value at the trade show is the chance to interact with so many people in the media because they end up writing recaps of the trade show. They end up doing interviews. They end up, it puts my cigars in there. Hey, I got to review this cigar this year kind of scenario. So for me, the media aspect of the trade show is actually, for me, the most important part of it currently yeah. is from the way I look at it. Well, here's 20,000 people that are listening right now, and you have a new cigar uh, coming out, the Mikorita Tricky Tracker. Very good. Anything? Pretty good? Pretty good. Um, and it is full-bodied, but I'm telling you, I'm taking my time. I've learned to smoke these full-bodied cigars a little differently, and uh, I'm getting through it, and it's great. But we're out of time. That's it um, for the after show. We'll be back Saturday for the Cigar Authority. Mr. Jonathan Connie joins us. The Fleur Dominicana is celebrating 25 years in the cigar business. We'll talk about that, the future of the Fleur Dominicana, and are they going to the trade show? Yeah, we'll this conversation's out. not dead, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You want it to we be, yeah. but it's not on forever. Ah, I don't want to bring it on. That's Stick it. the lid end in your mouth, Why your not? man. Do it. <laughs> I don't want to bring it on, but let me mention it 8,000 times. <laughs>